morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris. I hope you're having a beautiful day. Today we're talking about the universal laws of nature as applied to business. This is a really important part of the work because this affects your career, it affects your uh, PL, it affects your business uh, performance, and it will certainly change your uh, performance rating that you've been given in the last couple of years. As high as it may be, I think we can take it higher. So let's go through a few of them. Firstly, turning up. Most of what you do at work is delivery. In order to deliver the right amount of work at work, you need to do your homework. Turn up for others by over-preparing. Make sure that you shorten your meetings as much as possible. Remember, business is the efficient use of time. What you're trying to do is make more money in less time. So your mission in life, in business, whether you're an employee or an employer, is to make more in less time. This is called Evolve. The next one that in the list of nature's universal laws applied to business and career is add value or go home. Now, what does that mean? If you are not sure that you're adding value to the bottom line or the top line of a business, if you're not increasing the sales or decreasing the costs of a business, you're not adding value. And so it's all very easy to get caught in a bubble of our own worries and anxieties about stopping something happening or meeting a KPI or uh, achieving a, a level. But at the end of the day, the, the reason anything exists, any business, or even if a charity, what it's trying to do is increase the amount of money that's left over at the end of the week and decrease the amount of cost that is going to erode that amount of money. And no matter what your job is, no matter how you describe it, that's your job. And I think it's really important to link your job, no matter what it is, to that outcome. The third one is to make sure that if there is a problem or a challenge or something that you're not happy with, always rise above the problem in order to solve it. We can't solve things we're in. And if you talk about the universal laws themselves, they are an opportunity to rise above anything, whether it's a relationship, your health, uh, a really big personal problem, while you're in the problem, while your emotions are churning, while you're spinning in your head, you cannot solve the problem. Actually, you're part of the problem. So the, the third point we're making here is use the helicopter concept of rising above a problem in order to solve it. The way you rise above the problem, by the way, is to see two sides to it equally balanced. The fourth one is to know who you can't lead. This is a very important point. We are really uh, generous and very uh, giving people, all of us, and we sometimes cut people a lot of rope. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, there are people who are below the, what we call the midpoint of the pyramid of consciousness. You know, we got got to, should, need to, want to. And then people are down in the got to area that you either coach them up or coach them out. And if you, you can look at this throughout the whole entirety of nature's laws, you'll see that there are things that nature exterminates or eliminates or evolves over the top of or burns through a bushfire or tsunamis out of the way. And so you need to set a benchmark for yourself to say, we don't want to bring, we don't want to be 
trying to lead people who are in a got-to state of mind. We want to coach them up out of that, save the money, get better health, make sure that their quality of life is at least in a should level, or if not a need-to level, of human consciousness. Because got-to people are people who bring everybody down with them. What you'll find is a person who's in a got-to state of mind, those ones we can't leave, are going around recruiting others into, uh, into their paradigm. That means they draw the rest down. It's called the lowest common denominator. And I've seen this, whether it's in workshops or business performance, I've seen this over and over again, be the undoing of a leader. The fifth one is deal with your judgments. In a business, you can't manage anything you judge and you can't manage anyone you judge. So if you've got a bee in your bonnet about someone or had a bee in your bonnet about someone, remembering that every human being has every single quality, every human being has every human trait. And therefore, if you see, if you've had an issue with someone in your past, an ex-partner or a family member or a parent or a friend or something in the world has gone pear-shaped, it's definitely there at work uh, triggering you. And so it's really wise to deal with your judgments. The sixth one is don't do anything based on emotion. The child, uh, you know, our kids, they are all emotion. So they, they want something and then they don't want it. They get disappointed really easily. And it's really, really okay to be a child and be involved in the emotional level of I didn't get what I want and I want what I want, I'm disappointed. But when an adult starts to use that level of emotion to run their career or their business life, they become dysfunctional and they make bad decisions and they are highly impacting of other people. We're not trying to strip emotion out. We just don't want to be run by it. The seventh one is big picture, small steps. The size of your vision determines the size of your life and the person with the largest vision leads the business and or leads the team or leads the organization. Given that we are encouraging ourselves to get inspired and have a big vision of what the potential for the business is and the product we're working on or the area we're working on, that's all very good. And it's important because people follow your vision. They don't follow you, they follow your vision. What's critical here, and what's very important to take note of, once you have a big vision, everything comes down to taking small steps in the direction of that vision. Small things matter and small things count. And so it's very easy to start getting a big vision and actually sort of getting up in our head and up in the clouds about it but it's small steps like being thankful for small things that will cause the vision to manifest. The eighth one is inspire, don't motivate. Once upon a time, we would talk people into doing things by finding out what their values were, that's the first thing, and then finding out how we could give them a product that satisfied a need. Uh, we, we talked always about fulfilling the needs. And then what we'd do is we'd know enough about the person we're selling to or trying to motivate in order to dangle a carrot in front of them to, to get them to reach out and go in that direction. 
Uh, the body seeks pleasure, the mind wants to be right, and that's very easy to motivate people if you promise them pleasure or promise them righteousness, righteousness in the form of material wealth and what have you. There is a, a, a more sophisticated way of uh, leading people, and that is to inspire them. An inspired person is when their intrinsic values and therefore their job description can be linked to their vision. And so they become self-managed, self-motivated, self-inspired. This process just requires a little bit of effort on the part of HR and leadership to make sure everybody in the business has some form of personal vision with the seven areas of life, a holistic approach. We then take that. Number nine is expect abuse. Now look, People are surprised when they get criticized at work, but nobody treats you better than you treat yourself. And until the day comes where you stop being critical of yourself, which is probably never, um, you're going to get people being critical. It's just part of the way it is. We evolve and businesses evolve and people evolve at the border of support and challenge. And so it's really important that we accept the challenge with the same enthusiasm as we accept the support. The 10th one is to separate leadership and management. They are two completely different things. Management you can hire. Management looks after people. Management makes sure that people have uh, the tools they need, the time they need, and the organization they need to get things done. That's good management. Leadership is about taking people into their future and the business's future and drawing them along, along the way. We need both management and leadership, but if your aspiration is to be a leader, just be careful you don't get caught, caught up in the process of management and think you're leading. The 11th one is watch out continually for your own incompetence. We rise to the level of our own incompetence. It's called a frustra, frustration, frustra. And when we rise to that level of our own incompetence, Sometimes we get very uh, egoistic, ego, egocentric, and we start saying we don't need this and we don't need help and we're okay and uh, everything's gonna be fine. And we start guessing the future. We start um, pushing people away and we start being uh, uh, overly brave. And that's a warning sign, it's a red flag because that's the ego kicking in. And when the ego kicks in, we're not authentically turning up at work, we're not authentically leading, we're just being brave, trying to get through a frustra. And a frustra is where we are in a state of incompetence because we've grown to a new realm, new realm of life, new realm of business, new realm of performance. Just accept that. And when you feel that frustration and that frustra coming and you feel the, the need to push people away and tell them how clever you are, it's probably the right time to hire a coach. The 12th one is to take timeouts. It's been proven time and time again that five minutes or 10 minutes in nature, taking a few breaths and even taking your shoes off if you can at work, will give you performance uh, improvements in the ongoing time of the day. There is a very clear connection between length of time you've been at work and the quality of your thinking process. It declines. It doesn't have to. 
and it's certainly demonstrated through Harvard University studies that people are more focused on a Monday or a Tuesday than they are on a Thursday or a Friday because they're burning out, looking forward to the weekend, it's called. That doesn't have to be that way. If you take constant and regular timeouts during the day and those timeouts aren't just sitting around looking at your phone or continuing to stare at the screen and see how your shares are performing. It means standing up, walking briskly outside, take a breath of fresh air, touch a tree, kiss a frog, <laughs> whatever it is, and then get back to work. 13 is to be clear and certain about your vision. Now, one thing we know for sure, that a, a, a properly constructed vision statement from a leader will continually change. Uh, because we don't exactly know how we're going to do it, but what we know is what we're going to do. So don't worry too much about the how. When they, what, what, there's a, a great quote, and it says, uh, "When the why is big enough, the how looks after itself." And I think vision is about continually reinforcing to ourselves that we've got big things ahead, big things to look forward to, and big things to give and to create and to construct. Link the moment to the outcome. We say link it or sink it. Uh, this is a very important piece of modeling here. An externally driven person will be grumpy about doing the menial jobs they have to do at work. They go, oh, I'm doing my expense report, it's really boring. But a mo an inspired person will say, whatever I'm doing this moment has a, has, has a function, has a purpose, and I'm gonna link it to the purpose of my life or the purpose of my job. Number 15, organize, supervise, deputize. Our most important function at work is to organize what we do so well that we can supervise somebody else doing it, even AI if we have to, and then deputize a chunk of our work. So actually, if we do a really great job of our job, we should be redundant in a relatively short period of time which frees us up to do new things. Now, a lot of people are so bogged down in the doing, they don't remember to step back, step aside and organize, supervise, deputize. Very important piece of development and business modeling for you at work. Strategy, structure, culture is the next. This is a pyramid, strategy, structure and culture on the three corners of the pyramid. When anything changes at work, strategy is the easy one because you can just flick your fingers and say, let's change the strategy. Structure, you can come in with a stick of dynamite and change who works there and who lives there and who, how they, and uh, who reports to who. But culture always lags strategy and structure and it doesn't have to. We have a process called the loyalty commitment motivation process. The process works like this. We ask a person to score out of, um, on, on a rate of on 20 items, which we consider to be the future success formula of the business. Qualities, individual qualities. We ask people to score themselves from one to five on each of those uh, uh, points. And we workshop the points, uh, the, 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 the qualities. And then we say, which ones are you scored low on? We need to get you some trainings. And if you score high on them, we need to use them more at work. Vision, inspiration, and purpose. A company needs a good vision. It needs an inspiration. It needs a purpose bigger than itself. 
So although we might talk about profit and loss or profit and uh, increased sales, decreased cost as being the core function of a business, with some of that increased profit that comes from that, there needs to be a social aspect of the business. That's why we say that in a company vision, there needs to be seven areas of life. If you go to work and you don't love your work, that's okay. That's okay. You don't have to love your work. You don't even have to love the product overtly. But inside your heart, there are what's called, what I call love pockets. And in that love pocket has to be a sentimentality toward the business and toward the product it delivers and towards the service it provides. If you don't have even a, a sniff of that, I recommend you change jobs immediately. Know your values, know how to work out your values, know how to link what you do to your values and know other people's values, how to work out their values and how to link what you're asking them to do to their values. Very important piece of values-based leadership. Understanding how people tick. Maya Brig, there's so many different constitutionals, there's so many different ways to interpret how a person functions. But nearly all of those systems are based on measuring the ego. Now that's really sad because the ego is a construct and what we're basically saying is once that ego is formed in the early years of life, uh, that, that all is not going to change. But I can change a person's ego and I certainly can change their Maya Briggs score. So there is another way of, uh, of viewing people by understanding this, the, the five uh, elements of nature, earth, water, fire, air, ether. Last but not least, there's seven levels of life. It's really, really important to be operating at least in the top three, in the love to, choose to, desire to levels of life. It's very important for you and very important for the business that you operate at that level and understand how to sustain it. So I hope you've enjoyed this short presentation. Anything you don't understand, uh, please bring it up in your coaching session. This is Chris. Bye for now.